And away we go. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Make sure you have it on your calendars now. Get ready. Holy Grail next Saturday, 6.30 kickoff, Bearcats v. Pitt. It will be our first BCJ watch party, official BCJ watch party of the season. So everybody, make your plans now. Make sure you probably want to get down there a little bit early and make sure you are ready as the Bearcats play their first game away from home of the season, taking on the Pitt Panthers at, what is, what is its name now, Dave? It's not Heinz Field anymore. Uh, Akashur or something like that? Uh, we, we can still call it Heinz Field, right? Like, that's what it is. Yeah, the big mustard bottle or big ketchup bottle or whatever. The big you ketchup bottle it, in the sky. You just call it okay sure. Yeah. Okay yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay sure. Where All the, right. Where the Steelers play and my response to conference realignment at this point. Okay sure. <laughs> Stanford and Cal to the ACC. Okay sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Dave, this is your favorite episode of the year. How are you? Jack. I mean, it's like football Football started. You have football last week, football tomorrow, football Friday, football Saturday, football Sunday, football Monday. Ready to go. Okay. That's a lot of excitement for you. A lot of football. Uh, sorry, I'm getting things up on, uh, on the social medias. How was uh how was the weekend, Dave? What did how how the, the first brunch of the year go? Oh, it was wonderful. Uh Jeff, you know, back for another season. Big thanks to all our loyals that uh were up early to join us. And uh yeah, we had a good time. We talked a little little EKU. I got a lot of Jeff's thoughts on kind of like where he sees things mo- as they've moved through the offseason. And then we uh we hit a little bit on Several conferences, just kind of top-line stuff, who we thought was, you know, some conference championship potential teams, playoff potential teams. Uh, yeah, talked a little quarterbacking at the uh, highest level. A lot of a lot of the perennial favorites have new quarterbacks, and some haven't even announced their quarterback yet. So it's a little bit out of the ordinary, at least in the last few years. So no, it was uh, it was a good start, and looking forward to having Hayden Moore join us this week to talk some uh, EKU. Is he is he going to be in town? I don't know if he's in town. I mean, he's joining okay. the podcast, but no, I know. Mean, I, I just didn't know if he was going to. Yeah, gonna I don't know. I can't, I, can't, I don't want to say one way or the other because I don't know. What's uh What's the the plan for for Monday? Other than that, or Sunday? Other than that, just kind of. Get a look at, at everything that uh, that happened around the landscape. Yeah, and, and... it's kind of a not a not a bad week, but we've been we've become accustomed to them loading up week one, which then usually means that week two is gutter trash. Yeah, so they've it feels like it's kind of maybe evened itself out a little bit. I mean, there are still good games, and LSU Florida State is clearly the the you know top line game of the week two top 10 teams 
But once you once you get through that, you have Washington, Boise State, North Carolina, South Carolina. There's not really like uh noon, three thirty, seven on Saturday, and then a headliner on Sunday night, a headliner on Monday night that we've had kind of the last few years. Did did you see the uh Pat Forty? Where's he at now? Sports uh, Illustrated, Sports Illustrated I believe. They put out their uh, the the sport is going to forty teams, uh, two twenty team super conferences, and uh, he had Boise State in there. I I did not see that, and I immediately just clicked out. Like, yeah. what are, what are we doing? I mean, they're not in one of the conferences with well, there's sixty something teams, but they're going to right. be in one when there's forty. I, I mean, whatever. Uh, GMAC, I, I'm I'm very jealous of that. Uh, going to be at the LSU-FSU game at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Uh, should be a very, very fun game. They're not playing that at the bounce house? <laughs> no, I, I don't think that uh, would quite quite have the seating capacity to accommodate both of those programs. I thought the bounce house was the preeminent uh, football facility in Orlando. Mm, I don't believe that to be the case. <laughs> Oh boy. And and you have a gambling tip for anyone gambling on college football this year. Yeah, I don't think USC's defense is any good and their offense is awesome. So I would bet a lot of USC overs as they uh gave up 28 points to San Jose State and you know had no trouble scoring on their own. So I think the USC and the over might be a, a nice weekly play to to try to clean up on. Here's a fun one. What do you think the highest total will be for a USC game? Well, do, do they play Washington? I don't I don't know their schedule off the top of my hand. Um, Washington, Oregon, I could see it being well into the 80s. The over-under being well into the 80s. They yeah, play I mean, Washington at USC November 4th. Oh, uh, yeah. They have Notre Dame. Which looks like they can score. Notre Dame's defense, though, is 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 probably pretty good. I'm looking at like teams Utah, that... USC, October 21st. Oh yeah, I mean these are definitely going to be in the 70s. I mean, yeah, I believe their over under for San Jose State was 66. They almost hit that themselves. Right. Then they gave up. I think the final was 56 to 28. So you're in the 80s right there. USC, Oregon, November 11th. Yeah, I mean. That one, that It'll one be interesting to see how high they can make that number go where people will still take the over. Right. Um, all right, let's get to it. It is the uh, – we're transitioning now. Uh, Team Ticker is kind of the the sponsor of the first segment going forward. And as the seasons change, the first segment changes. So now it is the game game week, the the the, the – the game preview on the VCJ podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Team Ticker. You can see the uh, the C Paul there. Aaron's got the uh, the Bearcat uh, in the background of his. Team Ticker is a one of a kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. It's a high tech retro display that provides daily updates of the latest news, stats, schedules, betting odds, and much more. No subscription required. If you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave, dorm room, or a special gift for that special Bearcats fan, go to teamticker.com and pick up your team ticker today. Did you let your wife know that that Sparty is now in the mix? Uh, I did not let her know, but I did let 
our friend who is a Michigan State uh, alum and fan know. So I don't know. Maybe he might be buying one. An order. I, I do not know. I'll have to check with him on that. They they have two for Michigan State as well. They have the Sparty uh, yep. and then they have the, the M. So make sure you are supporting those that support us. And this is an awesome product. So go to teamticker.com. Get your team ticker delivered to your front door. They are super fast on delivery. They will get you taken care of. You can have it up and running. Uh, I would think by Saturday. Eastern Kentucky Colonels, Dave. This is yes. one of the better FCS, expected to be one of the better FCS teams this year. Maybe yeah. not one of the elite teams, but one of the better FCS I mean, teams. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they were the last team receiving votes in the preseason poll. They got two top 25 votes. And that reason probably being where we will start, and that is they have a very good quarterback. They do have a very good quarterback. Uh, Sixth-year quarterback, Parker McKinney, 6'3", 208. Threw for nearly 4,000 yards last year, 68.5% completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, eight interceptions, also ran for 354 yards and eight rushing touchdowns. I like this for UC in week one because as we've seen in the past with some of the FCS opponents, Murray State, uh, some others like, they know they're totally outmatched, and so they try to manipulate the game in a way to keep it slow it down, close. Yeah, I don't think EKU is going to do that offensively, at least. Like he's your best player. Uh, they're gonna. I mean, what's the point in having your best player just turn around and hand the ball off a ton? So, and I think that's good for UC too because. I, I'm not I don't think they're gonna have any problems winning this football game, but like it would it's nice to at least see a quarterback back there who you know can complete some passes and will challenge you a little bit and has an, an offensive line that you know will is better than just a bunch of six two, two hundred and seventy pound guys and has some receivers and has a running back now. I think their offense will be dramatically different than last year once I dug into it. I mean, they lost their top two receivers, one to graduation, one transferred to Iowa State. Those two guys combined for over 2,000 yards or combined for 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns. It's a pretty good number. So those two guys are gone. Then they also lost their top two tight ends who combined for 51 catches, 682 yards, and four touchdowns. So you got... I think ECU fans complained that they should have used their tight ends more. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, yes, he threw for almost 4,000 yards. Half of that is gone. More than half of that, 75% of that, touchdowns are gone. So where are they replacing this from? Um, they do have a returner, Jaden Smith. He was their third leading receiver, 62 for 750 and six touchdowns. So obviously he's probably going to elevate into that receiver one role. They brought in Jacob Horn from Northwest Mississippi Community College. He had 47 for 685 and four touchdowns last year at the JC level. So he's going to be in that role. And then running back Brandon Sloan is back. He ran for 629, four and a half yards of carry, seven touchdowns. But they also used him a lot in the passing game 
42 catches, 500 yards, three touchdowns. So those three guys are going to be his probably main offensive weapons. But I mean, you lose a guy to Iowa State who transferred, who's their star, who's one of their starting receivers, and then you lose another guy. Your two main wide receivers are gone. So really, they they lost as far as a production targets standpoint. They lost one, two, five, and six. So they bring back three and four, and then add a guy from from the JUCO level, and you know we'll see how that goes. Offensive, they have Josiah Ezram, who's actually from Ohio, from Hilliard. 6'6", 320 right tackle. And then I think they had another offensive lineman that was voted preseason uh, all-conference. So offensively, though, I like that these guys will probably come in. We're going to play our game. Like, we know you got a big big defense. We know you got a big front line. Like, we're going to do what we do because we've got a 60-year guy with a ton of experience. I mean, he's FCS preseason All-American. He's on the Walter Payton watch list, which is the – offensive Heisman for the FCS level. So they're going to give him the ball and they're going to let him, let him go. And I think that's good for UC from a standpoint of going to pit next week and then just prepping for quarterbacks that will test them down the field throughout the big 12 season. One of the things that kind of stood out to me from the press conference uh, yesterday was the talk that they, they do a lot of quick game. Like they, they do not, they do not have him just stand back there like a statue. Like they have him get it and and get it out pretty quick, which to me at least is what will be interesting against this defense, right? Because the object or the goal of this defense is to get as many guys up the field after the quarterback as possible on every snap. Quarterback's getting it out in two and a half seconds. There's not much you can do to get to him that doesn't involve just collapsing the middle of the pocket, which is possible. Um, But I think that's going to be a a good test defensively for these guys to get in that mindset of guess what teams are probably going to try to do this to us quite a bit. If, if this is how we want to play, we also have to be ready for teams that want to get the snap, take two steps, get it into a receiver's hands. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much press they see because that's a lot easier to do if the DBs are sitting eight yards off the ball. If you see he's going to press up on everybody, then run quick game all you want. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and quick game typically is to the inside of the field. So, you know, you're going to be funneling it into Deshaun Pace, to to threats, to Taj Ward, to the linebackers. Like, I don't imagine they're just going to snap it, turn, and throw like a 20-yard pass. No, but the point was they don't have him just stand back there waiting four seconds. It's not like seven-step drops and play action and and things of that nature. But I think that's a lot harder to do if the DBs are playing press. So we'll we'll see how much of that they do. I just think they've had, especially in their league, they've had such an advantage at the wide receiver position. I'm sure teams are like, we just can't, like we have to keep everything in front of us. So we're going to play off. They're going to run quick game and we're going to come up and tackle. Yeah. Because we don't want to give up, you know, 40 yard plays over our head all day long. They still give up 4,000 yards to the guy. So it didn't work that great. No, but, (laughs) but that's, 
I think that's what kind of like looking at the competition that you're playing too. It might not matter. Right. That's fair. For that. It matter it will matter against UC. What's the what's the outlook, the prognosis on their offensive line? I think it's I think it's solid. It's it's they you know, going through the roster, it's it's tough to tell who the starters are. But I mean, your right tackle is bigger than our right tackle. He's six six, three twenty, first team all conference guy, probably has a draftable slash free eight called you know undrafted free agent tag coming into the season uh first team all conference and then i guess i don't know what position the other one plays that i wasn't able to check that out that was first team all conference uh selection but i mean i think they'll be adequate they'll be i'm i assume they'll be a little bit bigger than like what we saw last year with kennesaw state because kennesaw runs the triple and you don't really have the, you know, 6'5", 310-pound guys in that kind of a blocking scheme. But, I mean, I don't – they shouldn't – you know, if, if they're blocking our D-line, then then we're in much bigger trouble than, than we anticipated. Sure, but, I mean, there's a difference between, like, if you're playing a line that's been together for two years and, yeah. like, knows what they're doing and, and yeah, knows how to communicate. and It's tough to get info on the, like – you know, returning starters and how, you know, stuff like that. Okay. But I think it'll be, Uh, I think it'll be better. Like it'll be a better offensive line than we're probably used to seeing in this game. Well, you don't throw for 4,000 yards behind a trash offensive line. That's just not how No. throwing for 4,000 yards (laughs) in 12 or 13 games or whatever works. No, Um, it's not. Defensively. What do you, what have you learned there? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we ran for 400 yards. Not a good run defense. Well, it was real bad last year, and they lost their three best players to the NFL. <laughs> so three, They put three NFLers on EKU's defense last year? My, yes. Uh, linebacker Matthew Jackson made the initial 53-man roster for the Titans, and then I believe they had two defensive linemen that are, that are on the Titans and Jaguars practice squad. That's pretty dang good. And if they weren't good with three NFL guys. Yeah, they gave up an average of 220 on the ground. Uh, Gardner-Webb hit them for 405 and six touchdowns in their FCS first-round FCS playoff loss. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure that they were probably able to find equal replacements. Uh, they did bring in a DB, Frankie West Jr., Illinois State transfer. He was very highly graded in the FCS level on Pro Football Focus last year. He is a first team. I think they're in the eighth sun. Uh, first team conference, uh, all selection. conference selection. But yeah, I, you know, this could be a game where UC kind of does what they want on the ground. Or at least tries to from the start and see and then sees what, you know, how that goes. You know, you know, it's it's one thing to have a good offensive line and to be able to pass block against our defensive line if your quarterback is playing quick game and getting the ball out real quick. It's another thing to just have a – I mean, they're definitely going to be more undersized along the defensive line than they are on the offensive line. So it's a whole other story to withstand that type of punishment down in and down out from UC's offensive line and Corey Kiner and Miles and whoever else carries the right. ball. Like, you know, 
So, yeah. Could be a day I, we see a lot of backs. Could. Could, could be, uh, you know, if I had to call it right now, I would, my, my, uh, it's not, I don't know if I say it's a hot take, but bold prediction from the, for this game is that two UC ball carriers, whether it's Emory Jones or the running backs will rush for over 100 yards. How many guys do you think surpass, oh, let's say five carries? Emory, um, Corey, Miles, Monty, Ethan, assuming he's healthy. Uh, he was in a white jersey yesterday, so so that's a good and, sign. Okay, so I would I would put the over under at five and a half, and maybe Stephen Bird. Yeah, but I would probably take the under because I mean, somebody's gonna run the clock out. It's probably gonna be Ethan or Monty. Um, if I had to guess, but yeah, I mean, I, you will see a, uh, running back by, I, I imagine we'll see running back by committee tomorrow or Saturday. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at is I, I think they will be pretty loose with the rotations. It's but like, yeah, I mean, especially if the game is going the way they would probably anticipate it in the second half, like you're probably only going to, you know, if they're up. 35-7 at some point in the third quarter or something. You're probably not going to see Corey and Miles in the second half. Especially considering you think those guys are going to carry the ball a lot the following week at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else yeah. you got on EKU? Any any fun nuggets? Anything else that uh, you've got in your little notebook there? Uh, they put up a program record 434 points last year. Pretty good. It's, it's pretty. I mean, your quarterback's a dude, man. Like, you don't, you know, if you're not playing the South Dakota States or Wyoming, you know, and Wyoming's FBS, but they used to be FC. Um, but like, if you're not playing the premier premier teams, you don't typically see a guy this good at the FCS level in his sixth year. Like, I. I mean, I don't know any teams. I guarantee you there were two hands worth of legit Power 5 teams that offered this dude a lot of money to come be their quarterback. Probably, yeah. Probably. Like, I, so, and, you know, he stayed. You know, good, good for him. Like, he is very, very much a draftable guy going into this year. So you do not get that too often at the FBS level outside of, you know, the, the teams that have been doing it at the highest level for, 20, you know, 10, 20 years. Right. Or FCS level. Sorry, I said FBS. But, no, I mean, he's he's a guy. Like, they're going to have to bring their shit on defense to at least start the game. Right. So. And, and you're not – and it's a type of guy that if you're up 21-3 or whatever, you can't take your foot off the gas – because he can take you down the field twice real quick. Yeah. So that makes it, you know, that makes it at least a little intriguing. Uh, hopefully through the first half, because you're going to have to play well. Yes, I would think so. Special teams, anything of note? Uh, I do not know. Well, I mean, if they had like a, you know, a really good punter or like a guy that was, you know, 
a super accurate kicker. Um, nobody that I'm not I'm not asking about their gunners. Nobody that was called out in anything that I read is like a you know best standout conference type situation. Okay. What's your uh, do we save the prediction for the the preview portion of the show or do oh, we? I, I'll give my prediction uh, from a score standpoint. Uh, save the score. Just give your your general thoughts on on what you think will happen. Uh, I I mean I think UC will run the ball pretty successfully. Uh, I'm not not sure how much they'll need to throw. I mean it's not like they're not going to throw, but you know I don't think this is going to be a situation where they're they throw know, put, it 45 times putting all their attention into really stretching the field and working coverage. Hello. Maybe this is a game where they look at it and say, hey, you know, let's get Emery and these wide receivers on the same page and some game action. I'm sure it'll be balanced, but like if he throws the ball more than if Emery Jones throws the ball more than 20, 23 times, I'm going to be pretty surprised. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Like I, the, I, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. We're no, I can see something like a 15 for. 21, 22, whatever, maybe around 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. But I think the the damage is going to be done on the ground. What's the uh, what's the menu? Do we know the the outlook for the Simone family tailgate this week? I do. Um, I actually asked that in preparation of. You're just super prepared this week, Dave. I love it. I mean, it's it's time to go. Right. We're we're not winging it anymore. No. We are having uh well I only got the main course because we have so many people I don't know what they're what the other you know guests are bringing. Okay. But we are having uh Cervati's pretzel sandwiches. Plug Ooh, for plug for Cervati's. Not the best Cervati's pretzel application though. Well the, the dip and the, the beer the sliced pretzels with the beer cheese. I, is... I mean I would have to imagine that might accompany the uh sandwiches but that might be my favorite uh game day food of all time is the Cervati's pretzels with the beer cheese it is elite <laughs> elite and you have to be careful because now like it's just me so i will eat an entire bag and an entire thing of dip uh just sitting watching games and and getting things done oh yeah it's not safe for me yeah we'll have uh lots of jello shots Got, What's the uh, lots of Cincy Light? Got stocked up on my Cincy Light. Got some. Do you have more Cincy Light than you see does? Mm, not quite, but this season I might drink more than they got. Are <laughs> <laughs> right, whatever the number is, are they underestimating <coughs> how much Cincy Light is going to yes, sell? Yes, uh, for all the people listening and that will be listening, if if you're into drinking a Cincy Light, I would say uh, find one early and make sure you hit up the uh, Ryan Geist vans as well. I know you probably want to grab the, the can. For the, for, the, for, the, for the draft. But you're going to need to get that draft on. Yeah. I I don't think I think I think everybody, it, Ryan Geist, everybody has been, um, I know they've been blown away by the numbers that this has done. Uh, I had somebody tell me that uh, for a segment over the past month, it was the fastest selling beer in America, which is crazy because it's only selling here. 
but like in terms of how quickly it's going into stores and going out. Like I know yesterday, Jeff Gentle posted that there was a bunch uh, right around lunch that there was a bunch at the Cincinnati at the Clifton Kroger. Uh, and I stopped after practice at 5.30, and they were gone. You could see the uh, the space in the Rheingeist display where it was supposed to be, and it just didn't exist. I did need to, to divert conversation quickly. I just wanted to ask you, is Kelsey watching Volleyball Night at Nebraska? I don't know what she's doing. She's supposed to be taking the dog out because he's looking at me and whining and she's not answering my text messages. So do you guys, do you guys get big 10 network? Uh, yes, but not in her room. Oh, she's 90,000 people to watch yeah, college ne- volleyball. volleyball day at Nebraska. It's really cool. They've had like four games, I think three or four games. of. Am I watching it? No, it's all over Twitter. Oh. She's no, she's in my, she's here. Oh. Watch the football stadium. Yeah. 90,000 yeah. people watching the volleyball game. I know that's crazy. What if there yeah. were 90,000 people at your game today? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have been there long, right, Kelsey? Yeah, they wouldn't have been there long. No, they would be like, peace out, Fiatu. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I enjoyed I'm not that. staying for this. <laughs> not tonight. Take the dog out, please. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, so we'll have, yeah. you know, everybody's, you know, you're always welcome. Top of campus green, come up, grab a beer, grab a jello shot. Got some, got some nooners. I found some tall boy nooners today. Ooh, nice. It's uh, always yeah. So, you know, going to be some, you know, if the weather that we had like today and tomorrow was hitting on Saturday, oh boy, that would have been something Ooh. else. But I mean, tonight we walked out of that volleyball game and it was like, Ooh, football. I'm not like gonna... I, what I really want to be doing right now is sitting in my driveway with a fire. Yeah. Because it was mm. like the first perfect fire weather that we yeah. had. Tonight and tomorrow are outstanding. But I'm, I'm you know, it's going to be warm, but I'll take it, man. Sunny, no rain, first game of the year, good beer drinking weather. So, but yeah, we'll have, we'll have plenty. For uh, anybody that wants to come out and and say hi, there's Callie. Hi, Callie. Are you gonna have some Cincy lights this weekend, girlfriend? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> you're not gonna be happy with Dad on Saturday when you're in the crate for a long time. Um. All right. I guess that's a, a good spot to timestamp the team ticker weekly preview. The timestamps are brought to you by Turtles Brew. Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. It's bourbon-infused sweet tea, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Visit www.turtlesbrew.com. For more information and locations, a portion of the proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles. They are in Cincinnati, Toledo, and now expanding in central Ohio, 6% ABV, and they go great shot an extra shot of bourbon a little more gas in the tank with your turtles brew that's right pretzels and beer cheese dip was just added to the Cervati's order thank you carrie oh look at look at mom coming through mom coming through in the <laughs> clutch save the damn turtles that's right ed <laughs> 
All right, Dave, this is uh, what everybody's here, what they've been waiting for. The Bearcat Journal season preview. All right. We go through every game on the schedule, and we make our predictions for the season. We give a score, and we uh, – we Oh, we're going we're to give a score for each game already? No, I guess we don't have to. We can say we just do the wins and losses, and we save. The, I usually save the score for the week of. All right, I was going to put more pressure on you, but I, I mean, I like that would just. <laughs> but my my score for EKU is 40, 48 14, By the way, forty eight to fourteen. What do you What do you think the line is going to be? Is there a line for an SCS game? I think there usually is. I think they don't do them for. Uh... College basketball, but I, like lower level. I, but I do those I don't know. like come out day of the game, I guess, because they're not Maybe. out yet. I, I mean, I don't know. know if there was a line. I guess 29 and a half. I think that's 20, 26 and a half. I, I mean, I really have no, no clue how they determine what an FCS FBS line is, right? I it might be a little low, just uh, a little lower, just first game of the Satterfield era. As Vegas kind of figures out uh, this year, yeah. So twenty nine and a half might be a little high, but um, I think she went back upstairs. Yeah. So, um, so there, there you go. One and zero. We're both at one and zero. Pit at Pit six thirty. Acrisure Stadium. The CW. Yeah, on the CW, live on the CW. Right at, right after One Tree Hill or whatever shows they have on there. Is Dawson's Creek still, is that still a thing? Your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I've ever, I, I don't know if I've ever. I didn't watch those shows when they were in, you know, in. So I certainly don't right. know what they are now. Uh, <laughs> but Pitt, new quarterback. Sorry. What was the Superman show Smallville or something? I don't know. I know Kelly used to watch. What was the one with uh... Charmed Life? I think there was a Charmed, Charmed. Life. No, just Charmed. 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 Yeah, just Charmed. Yeah. That was like that was one of the shows. Rotation was... of super hot chicks from the '90s that they brought in. Alyssa think... Milano and Jennifer uh... Love Hewitt. Yeah, I think Ch- Charmed was always running on like TBS or TNT if you fell asleep watching the NBA. <laughs> Okay. That might might be it might be on TBS then. I don't know. I know Charmed was on a lot when I got to the hotel and or got to the hospital, the hotel. That's how long we were there. I just thought it was a hotel. Uh when I got to the hospital in the mornings, Charmed was always on while Kelsey was, right. Kelly was sleeping. I didn't know if that was the CW or not. Um, but yeah. Smallville. Yeah. Uh yeah. What what I, quick and it doesn't have to be quick. We've got a while here. What do you think for the the Bearcat Pit game? I mean, I think it's a you know on paper it's a pretty evenly matched game. Pitt has a new quarterback, Phil Dracovich, came over from Boston College. Obviously, lost their best offensive player, Israel Bandicando. Lost their best defensive player, Kalijah Kansi. They are. I'm sure their defensive line will still be very good. That's what they've become known for. Um, you know, Pat Narduzzi, defensive coach, they're going to run the ball. Now that he got his offensive coordinator out of there, that passed it too much for his liking. Um, <laughs> their de- I think their defensive backs are p- pretty good. MJ Devonshire's a, a really good corner. He's probably a, 
don't know if he's first team all ACC, but I wouldn't be. He's gonna. I would imagine he's first, second, or third team like preseason all ACC. So tough game. You know, probably very similar talent levels. Um, first road game of the year. They're. I think they're playing an SCS team week one as well. So nothing you can really probably take away from that. But uh, you know, it's very very hard for me to pick a team that we know so little about offensively to win road games without seeing them win road games. So I'm, you know, I'm going to lean to a loss in this one, probably close, you know, hopefully close and maybe, you know, maybe they can pull up the upset, but it's hard to just sit here, you know, on the Wednesday before the first game without knowing how this offense is going to look. I don't even know if we'll get a great idea of what it'll truly look like after week one, uh, but going on the road, playing that defense will be a much, much different task than playing the EKU defense. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to have the Bearcats one and one after two weeks. I think I agree with you. I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been big on Pitt in the Narduzzi era, but they, they've been solid. Um, they haven't been anything, you know, that has jumped up and been spectacular. Yeah, they had the one good, the one really, really good year with Kenny Pickett's last year yeah. when they went to the yeah, New Year's Six game. And but yeah, I mean, other than that, it's a lot of seven and fives, eight and fours, stuff like that, you know, or you know, or probably worse at some in some of the years. The question is, do I do I dial up the Heinz Field magic? <laughs> it, it comes back and it encompasses the Bearcats and they they get a surprise win. Do we have a Marty Gilliard on the roster? Braden Smith might be. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Braden well, I mean, Smith's a little bit farther into his career than Marty was during his breakout season. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go one and one. And uh I'm reluctant. I'm. I, I want to pull the trigger on two and zero. So if they do win, I get partial credit because I wanted to pull the trigger. But sure. I'm going to go one on one. Is that how it works? That, Is that like do, do, I get partial credit for like physical fitness because I want to work out sometimes? Sure. I mean, even though even though I never do, so like you I get give yourself credit for whatever you want to give yourself credit for. <laughs> It's my network. I can give That's myself true. credit for whatever I want to give myself credit for. I'll go one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Miami of Ohio, Nippert Stadium. This is supposed to be a pretty good Miami team. Uh, they have a veteran quarterback uh, as long as he plays. Um, as long as he's healthy. I mean, the guy's been hurt nonstop. And we have the and Miami. he's running his mouth about playing the U. We have the Miami versus Miami Bowl this weekend. Yeah, and, and Blaine Gabbard is is flapping his gums about who the real Miami is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that happened like oh. Monday when they had their media stuff Monday. Like we're the real Miami. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely are. Yeah. I I think are. I think they'll have a pretty good defense. Uh, one of the better defenses in the Mac last year. A lot of those guys are back. I'm not sure offensively. Um, you know, he is a he. If he's healthy, he's one of him and Curtis Rourke at 
uh, Ohio are probably the two best court. Well, uh, yeah, two of the two best, three best quarterbacks in the MAC. But Mac Hippenhammer was their kind of their go-to receiver last year. He's no longer there. Um, they've not really had a lot of success running the ball against UC over the years. I just don't think their defense will be able to keep them in the game. You know, keep them in the game that long to cover up for an offense uh, that doesn't probably have the playmakers that they're going to need to challenge the UC's defense. So I think it'll be an, an what is it, 16 in a row? It, you know, if, if they win this one, I, I've lost count. Um, I think it's 15. I think this would be 16. 16. Would, this, would this tie the series? I think it would. Well, no. This is how much I don't care about the rivalry. I don't know how many they've won in a row. We only talk about it for one day. I don't know how many they've won in a row, and I don't know what this would put the series at. Um, So, I mean, I think UC will win 7 o'clock game. First, okay, this is a wild stat. Obviously, there was a COVID year involved in there. First regular season Saturday nip at night since 2019. Wow. They've had their Friday night it feels or whatever. Like it's been forever, right? Yeah, they've had their Friday night, and they have they've had their Tulsa, uh, you know, which I don't even know if that the Houston championship game was a four p.m. kickoff, so that's not even a night game. I don't. I think the Tulsa game in the COVID year wasn't actually ended up being a night game for whatever reason. I remember that. Um, oh, six, last year six, Cincinnati took the lead in the series last year, sixty fifty nine. Is that what, was that what producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith was coming on to tell us? The only reason. No. Oh. Yes. So, in, if this was up to All me, right. that would have last year would have been the final year of the game. But 16, anyway. 16 in a row, sixty and fifty nine and seven overall in the hundred and twenty six meetings total. So we've won sixteen in a row. This would make it seventeen since yeah. two thousand six. That was okay. the first of this streak. All right. There I was a year out of co- year out of UT in 2006. Think about how long it's been since you've been in college? And I'm 41 years old. <laughs> like that's how long it's been that they yeah. have won this game. Natalie makes a great point. You don't have to be injured to ride the Miami bench against it's Cincinnati. True. It's true. You just have to be a good. Well, good for them. Yeah, that's what I mean. You have to be one of their better players, and they'll they'll let you ride the bench for the UC game. <laughs> Kathy's back trying to talk shit. It must be football season. What's up, girl? One of Dave's favorite people. What, did she visit you on Sunday? You know what? I, I don't think so. I don't think Kathy did. She doesn't love you that much, then. I, maybe I've fallen out of favor. Yeah, she's got to get back in the routine of. That's true. That that's a show for Kathy. It's Jeff and Dave, and I'm not even right. No, I'm, I'm not, not even around. Nowhere to be seen. It's, it must be why we do good numbers. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um. Win. I'll go win. win. Yes, win. Two and one. Oklahoma Nippert Stadium. Boom or soon. Says, Time to be determined. There are reports that it noon. will be noon. <laughs> Might be big noon kickoff. Might it's be. going to be how, how many? How many? If they if they had an unlimited supply, 
of 16 ounce Cincy lights for the Oklahoma game. How many do you think they would need to have to properly serve their audience? How many people are at the game? 40,000 ish. 40,000 ish. 40,000 beers. Cans. Yeah. 40,000 16 ounce cans. To properly? That's probably a little high, but you know. 30. Yeah, 30. I would say 30. 30,000 cans, and I think it would be an adequate supply. So if anybody from UC is listening, <laughs> I would let Ryan guys know you're going to need 30,000 16-ounce cans for the Oklahoma. I mean, it's it's Oktoberfest weekend. Yeah. Noon, noon game. Late September could just be the most beautiful beer drinking weather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma coming to town. They're likely going to be 3-0, well well within the top 25. First Big 12 game, big noon kickoff. Fox, Hulk, the Fox crew came to every location last year for the first time. I don't see that changing this year. So if that's the case. Uh, and then we will have, you know, all those guys there, kind of like their game day set. So it will be it will be a party. Did Ivan Pace play against UC in the 2021 season? Yes, he did. It was a good uh, preview to the staff for what they might be getting, if I recall correctly. Um, two and two. Yeah, I just think, like, I have a lot of questions about OU. Going into the year, uh, I'm not sure how many of them are going to get answered when they play Butch Jones and Arkansas State, oh, SMU. That's not going to be a test. Uh, yeah, SMU, and then a what I think will be a dreadful Tulsa team. So it will be their, you know, what I don't know what those three games are going to tell us. Uh, we know about Dylan Gabriel. We'll see if he's playing at that point he's get, he gets hurt quite often they do have an absolute stud freshman quarterback in jackson arnold uh but i you know if things don't go great for them could see him this year wouldn't would not stun me um you know i've, I've heard things like you know last year they looked small getting off the bus and you know, just weird things that you would not expect to hear about a Oklahoma team. I read this week that Brett Venable said something to the effect of like, I'm going to be extremely involved in the defense this year. I, I mean, I figured he was extremely involved in it last year. It was awful. How was he not? Right. Um, like offensively, you know, they're going to have a good offensive line. They have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. They're probably going to have some, some pretty talented backs. I have some questions about their, their wide receivers. But top to bottom, I mean, this is still a a roster that has recruited at an extremely high level, uh, and I I just I feel like that that would be a tall task for <coughs> the Bearcats to get to get a win there. No Nippert magic. It, it, I'll ask you this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Depending, you know, depending oh, on where we're at. I'm in, playing in dumb things all the time. Biggest game in Nippert Stadium history? 
This one? Oklahoma? No. No? No, the Houston game was to go to the college football playoff. Biggest regular season game in Nippert Stadium history. Mm. Oklahoma, first game in the Big 12. Yeah, but I mean, like, if we end up going 4-8, and eight, then it's not, like, that big of a game. If they lose 56-10, to 10, like... Dave, you don't get to look back now. We can look back after the fact. I mean, it's it might be, like, the biggest, most exciting. Like, I don't know if it has the importance... To call it the biggest game, but like it might be the most anticipated regular season game. Okay, but I'm, use whatever adjective you'd like. Yeah, maybe. I mean, shit, we've been playing a bunch of slappies for the last how many years at home, so none of those <laughs> games count, right? <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, it wasn't like winning any of a lot of those games, you know, were were would compare. But yeah, I mean, it's a huge game. I'm not, I'm not trying what? to say. Is it bigger than Wisconsin? They were so bad then. They were awful. And it just college football just had a different Well and and they didn't have a fan base then. Yeah. So like you know, there wasn't it wasn't like there was forty thousand people at Nipper like going nuts when they beat Wisconsin. Right? Yeah. I yeah, get what you're saying. That might be the biggest win. Josh mentions the win. the clinching the Orange Bowl berth. I would I would put that in there. It's definitely up there. The with Pitt. Yeah. Is that Pitt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was there as everybody was throwing oranges on yeah. the field and did the premature rush and then had to oh, yeah. get pushed back. I was I was standing right. I was corrected it was, though. This it, it is, is I, I will tell you, this is the difference between 2008 Chad and 2020 Chad. 2008 Chad was standing there as everybody rushed the field, like at the end line of the student section. I wanted to be in it. And uh, when everybody rushed the field for Houston, I was standing underneath the Bearcat layer section, uh, just kind of watching because I got too old for this shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was not getting run over. But, I do. I do need to make a correction to what I said earlier. The Oklahoma game is not Oktoberfest weekend. It is my uh, my actual job, Kroger Wellness Fest weekend. So I will be one. Ti- I will be one tired dude. Uh, a noon game does not suit me well for that weekend, as I will be working very early in the morning to very late at night in the days leading up to uh, the Oklahoma game. <laughs> The Rutgers win was definitely up there, Natalie. That was yeah. kind of the Cincinnati arrived moment. Right. Uh, that was definitely no, it was Wisconsin. I don't there's nobody's played at a huge game against Illinois in the history of football. Natalie. <laughs> I don't know. They beat Ohio State. Beat Ohio State, so yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Do you think Ohio State cared before they beat Illinois? Illinois? They beat Illinois at the, the last game of the year, Tony Pike's year. Yeah, but oh, that nine. didn't clinch the Orange Bowl, I don't think, really. I mean, I guess technically if you lost it, whatever. I get what you're saying. Um, but Rutgers was was definitely up there, too. Louisville, the Teddy Bridgewater game, that was a heartbreaker. Two different times that he should have been sacked and oh, spun yeah. out of it, flung the ball yeah. to the end I zone. Mean, 
It's a huge oh, game. I mean, God. you get Oklahoma in your first Big 12 game at home. Like, gets massive, massive, massive experience, you know, for that for everybody. So, yeah, for sure. But not Doing sure the Bearcats cool. have what it takes in that one. This one, you know what, Dave? Actually, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do our first go out on a limb. <laughs> okay. Nippert Magic. They beat Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. It's Dylan Gabriel. I'm fucking scared of Dylan Gabriel. I, I, I'm not scared of Dylan Gabriel. I'll take Cincinnati over Oklahoma. I got him three and one. You got him All two right. and two. You, BYU, you I think almost is... have them four and oh. I know. <laughs> Are you doing the reverse me? Gunners, Gunners senior year? <laughs> what, well, it gets, it gets a lot more choppy here. This, this section gets a lot more choppy. Yeah. Uh, BYU Friday night in Provo after the Oklahoma game. That's going to be damn near impossible. Yeah, I mean, you're on a short week. You're traveling to your farthest road trip. You are playing at altitude. You're playing a team that uh, does have to replace a starting quarterback. They brought in Keaton Slovis from Pitt. Their defense was... Really, 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 really bad last year. They've made some some staff changes there that they're excited about. Uh, you know, we all know the what ha, you know. They've got an older. They'll have an older team. They have a one of, if not you know, not counting Oklahoma and Texas. They might have the biggest stadium in the league, and it'll be full and rowdy. And it's you know seven fifteen local time or eight fifteen local time, whatever they are. Um, it's just a, it's a lot, you know, if they went in there and won, that would be a hell of a damn win, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have a loss there and, uh, we are two and three heading into the off week. I've got three and two by week. All right. Then I, I was, I'm going to take the Bearcats. Uh, yes, I, I hope no one, you know, I hope they can can withstand the onslaught from bye week. Baylor, no, sorry, no, Iowa, State. Iowa State. Iowa State, October 14th, Nippert Stadium. They're they're kind of down bad right now. Home, yes, homecoming. They've got a lot. Just I don't even think we know. 100% the ramifications and how deep the whole gambling scandal goes. I know Hunter Decker is the starting quarterback. It appears he's done, but I, for the, you know, his career season, whatever. But I don't know if that's been officially official. I do know their starting running back from last year, who was going to be the starting running back for this year, has left the team. Their starting tight end has left the team. They're starting, I think he's a defensive tackle. Probably their best returning defensive lineman has left the team. They were already without Will McDonald, defensive end, who got drafted in the first round by the Jets. Um, they have a really, really good secondary. TJ Tampa is an excellent corner. But, like, I, I don't know how they're going to score. Like, who's the, is a true freshman might be their quarterback. Um, they also play... In the three weeks before UC, they play Oklahoma State at Oklahoma and TCU. So, like, they're getting no breaks leading into this game. 
so I, I think the Bearcats will will win this game. I've got the Bearcats as well. That has me at, uh, what, four and two, and you at three and three. Yes. Baylor. Baylor. Saturday, October 21st, at home. Uh, they have a bye before they play UC, so that is obviously something that is potentially to their advantage. Um, I think they're, I think them and Oklahoma State are kind of the two teams that no one's talking about winning, like being in the championship. And I'm not saying that I disagree with that, but I think both of those teams will be better this year than what. The yeah, they, lost, they both lost a bunch of close games last year after being in the conference title game the year before. Yeah, like Oklahoma State last year was just kind of train went off the tracks at the end of the year and they lost a bunch of games in a row. Um, Baylor just had a weird, like weird season. They, you know, lost the game in overtime, I think, at BYU, but then, you know, beat some of the better teams in the conference. I just think they're, I think they'll rebound this year. I, you know, I, th- I think from top to bottom, they've been recruiting at a really high level. Um, and Dave Aran, I think, is a really good defensive coach. I think he's been – he did a lot of self-scouting, a lot of self-coaching in the offseason. Sounds like when, when he talked, especially at Big 12 Media Days, uh, kind of some introspective stuff. So I think – I think he's a really good coach. I think their program is probably in a better overall place going into this season – uh, and so I have them winning and UC falling to three and four. I've got Baylor winning as well. I think it'll be close. I think Baylor squeezes one out in Nippert, and I have the Bearcats now at four and three. First road trip against a traditional Big 12 school, with the Hateful Eight, uh, as they are known. Comes up next, Saturday, October 28th in Stillwater, Boone Pickens Stadium. I think they're going to be pretty good. They are one that, uh, based on their schedule, and if Alan Bowman, quarterback transfer, uh, he was at Texas Tech, actually started at Texas Tech, then transferred to Michigan, didn't play at Michigan really, and now has transferred to Oklahoma State. If he can stay healthy, I think they can have a an eight and four, nine and three type season. Uh, you know, their non conference is Central Arkansas, Arizona State, South Alabama. You know, they play UC, Houston, BYU, Central Florida, so they get all the newcomers. They, you know, have Kansas, West Virginia, but um, that's one that like. I just, I just don't like. I, I didn't, I didn't really care like what Oklahoma State was projected or what anybody else was saying about them. Like going in there for the first time, I just felt like that was not a great situation, and and didn't think that that was one that that UC would probably come out successful in. Right. Uh, I I think you're probably right. I just think that's going to be a very hostile environment. When I look at teams that I think that could rise consistently to the top of the standings in the league, in the new league, once, you know, Texahoma is gone, I think Oklahoma State is one of those. 
Uh, I think he's nuts, but I think Gundy is a really good coach. Probably would I be crazy for thinking he's the best coach in the league? Mm. They've they've been successful for a long time. They don't do it with with. Um, I would probably talent. him and Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. I mean, he's got quite a track record at San Diego or at South Dakota State of national yeah. titles, and then he's come into Kansas State and kind of you know kept that program where they're used you know used to being with Bill Snyder and everything. So those those two. I mean, what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State's damn near remarkable, but. <laughs> but he's, he's five lost Matt. Like they still yeah, lose but, five games a year. Yeah, but that's still insane. I mean, he, for for what that program has been historically. But yes, I would say Gundy and and Kleiman for sure. All right, we're eight games in. I have the Bearcats at four and four. You have them at three and five. Is that right? Uh, yes, it is. This four game stretch to end the season is fascinating, Dave. It is, and I've I've kind of like played around with it a couple. Di- I get the same result, um, but I I kind of like play around with it in my head, like how I think it's gonna go. Yeah, I mean it's fascinating because at, there's a lot of people on the UCF hype train. There are. I think it's overcrowded. I do too. I think I, they I will. I what- think they will be good, but I think. Group think is kind of like taking it as like, who's going to be the we have best? a new power in Florida. Well, who's going to be the best new team in the Big Twelve? And I think it will be them. But they've kind of taken it and been like, and pushed that to even like, could they challenge for the to go to the Big Twelve championship game? I'm like, let's slow down a little bit, guys. Like, uh, you know, I didn't win a very average American last year. No, I'm not. I'm just not a huge like. From a f- purely football standpoint, like I'm just not a big Gus Malzahn guy. I'm not either. But you also weren't a big Josh Heupel guy, and now you're the president of his fan club. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. All right. UCF, Nippert Stadium, Saturday, November 4th. A chance that it's cold. Could be. That's usually right about when things, the weather is starting to to flip. Usually Indian summer is over by that point. I mean, if it's 50 degrees and it happens to be like a 3.30 or a night game, I mean, they're definitely going to have the seat heaters out. Oh, yeah. I... I, 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 there's also just a part of me that I can't say UCF wins a game against UC. Or I think they're not that, not that far apart in talent. And and here's where I had my dilemma is I have UC winning. And I don't know if it's as much I have UC winning because I think they're better or I have UC winning because if I had UC losing, that means I have them losing three in a row. And then winning three in a row, which I feel like that is is hard to wrap my head around. Right. Like you lose three in a row, you're on that type of a slide, everything that comes along with it, the pressure of we need to win three in a row to go to a bowl game, and then two of those are on the road. And yes, they're Houston and West Virginia, but 
road is the road is the road. And if you're bad enough to be three and six going into the last three games, then you're bad enough to lose on the road to Houston, West Virginia. <clears throat> so I have them beating UCF. I'm not a hundred percent sure I truly believe it, but you know, there's nothing on the line for me here. So go back. Yeah. I just can't like, you know, I can't bring myself to do it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't care. Maybe I'll have a different take on the game when the game gets here in November, yeah. but central Florida in the cold at Nippert stadium. I'm, I'm picking UC. Yeah. So I've got five and four. You've got four and five. Yes. Next game up. Another fascinating game. Yeah. Houston, November 11th in Houston. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Houston. I, I don't know about this one. There are three games before they play UC. Yeah. Texas at Kansas State at Baylor. Yeah. I don't I don't love that for them. Is there a chance that game has Dana on a seat that is toasty? I mean, they would have to looking at their schedule, they would have had to lose all three of those. Uh no, unless they lose the UTSA week 1. Lose the TCU week three, lose the Texas Tech week five, and then they beat their wins are Rice, Sam Houston State, and West Virginia. So they'd be three and three, then they'd lose those three games, and they'd be three and six. So they'd be in kind of like the same situation. Could be. Could if they be. lose to UC, they, they like if UC's their fourth loss in a yeah. row. Oh, then then yes. three then, and seven. Yes, probably. But yeah, are I'm, they any good? Right. They had a ton of turnover again, right? I mean, they're replacing you're replacing Clayton Toon, Alton McCaskill, who didn't play last year because he got hurt, but I mean, would have been their, you know, a thousand yardish type running back and tanked out. Who's their quarterback? Uh, what is his name? Uh. His last name Smith, transferred from Texas Tech. Big dude, like 6'5", 240. Donovan Smith. I mean, he, he's a player. Uh, and I think they've got they've got a couple of young receivers that I'm not sure if they're going to replicate Tank Dell, but they're pretty good. Their defense has been a, a mess for, you know, the right. last. So you, you're questionable on offense and your defense stinks. So. I'm taking the Bearcats. I, mean, I, I, I am as well. I think the three games leading up to that, that's a lot to to do and if they lose all three of those you're in like a you know circle the wagons are we you know are we gonna give in on the rest of the year are we gonna are we gonna try to beat you know UC Oklahoma State and UCF to make a bowl game I think that's gonna be real interesting because I think the heat is gonna turn up down there because they they can't like optically with their place as it is in that market already if you're last or like real close to the last, thing, the thing is season. though, like we, we make the joke about Mr. Spinach Frittata, but like he, 
Tillman for Tita, his his work is done. They got him the Big 12. Yeah. And he now owns the Rockets, which he didn't own before. I think he's got some bigger things to worry about. So, like, if his buddy... He still if, spent a shit ton of money at Houston. Yeah, but to get them into the Big 12. Like, the, hiring Dana was to get them in the Big 12. Maybe he's like, I hired him. We got in. I don't care. Like, fire him. Whatever. Um, or he just says, like, hey, that's my buddy. Like, we're not firing him. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, how do those three games go? Do they get blown the fuck out in the three yeah. games going into like that's to me is so much about this season for UC too? Is like if you're five and seven, but you lost three of those games, you know, in the last minute, or and they're against the quote unquote better teams, and you were in it to the end and you just lost, or you four and eight and five and seven and four of your losses you weren't competitive in. Like it's a it's a lot of how it looks to me this year again versus like what is the actual number on each side of the ledger? Another fascinating game. West Virginia, November 18th, Morgantown, Milan Pusker Stadium. They are at OU before you see. So you have to take that into account. This is the this is where I was like, okay, so if I have them beating UCF do I really have them closing the year with four wins in a row? So I have them losing this game, actually. I think I'm there with you. I think that's going to be one of those rally the troop games for West Virginia. I don't think the season is going to go well. You're potentially in a spot where they have fired their head coach. Senior day. like Cincinnati's kind of maybe feeling good about themselves after – after wins over UCF and Houston. I'm not going to call it a rivalry, but it's like a familiar foe. Um, I mean, Neil, Matt, Neil Brown might be fired way before this game. Like, right. They're doing him no favors playing Pitt, Penn State and Pitt in the non-conference. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if things go real bad, he could, I mean, he could have been gone. Now, an interesting thing, you know, I know that we know that university – dollars and athletic department dollars are not one in the same but like wvu is has had some stuff happen and they're up against it financially so is it the best move when your university is in that type of a situation for your athletic department to eat like a 20 million dollar buyout buyout right or do you just go to the gas station guy and say, look. Well, Jim Justice isn't good. He's the governor. He's not giving him any money. He gave Marshall like $45 million this year and didn't give West Virginia I know. Virginia they got the dude that, that was funding everything, funding NIL for hugs that owns all the gas stations in West oh, Virginia. Like, the, what are they, sheets or something? Or? No, it's different. I don't know. But, I mean, but, if, he was, if, he was, if he was doing everything for hugs, well, hugs ain't there anymore. Is he going to be giving a bunch of money to Neil Brown to keep, you right. know? I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's <clears throat> it'll be an interesting one, but I just have a weird feeling about that game. I do too. I think I think that's the one that like we're all looking at and just chalking up a win. Yeah, and I I worry about that. Like you know that that that's okay when it's ECU on Black Friday in Greenville because you're just so much more like so much more talented than them. West Virginia has struggled, but that's still a pretty talented roster. And yeah. who knows what's going on there, like, at that point in time. 
it's a it's a wounded animal game it's roadkill mm-hmm. and then the roadkill gets back up yeah it's the it's the dead it's like the dead cat bounce do you you right. know had they fired if they fired neil brown several weeks before that you know if they do make that move uh you know you're not catching him the week after where there's like turmoil you get like the dead cat bounce because a lot of places they don't want to you know they want to fire the guy immediately like the first sign that that they should fire him because they don't want to take the chance that they rattle off like three unexpected wins in a row and it makes it you know a lot harder to make a move or something and they want to get into the coaching market right so, but it wouldn't surprise like all these things that are kind of floating around in the periphery that don't really have anything to do with him and the team could have a lot to do with whether they feel comfortable making a move like that. Right. So I think we're both going to go loss here. I'm at six and five. You're at five and six. Is that yes. where we're at? Mm-hmm. This is another game that I think people just chalk up as a win. Kansas. Senior day, November 25th, Nippert Stadium. They can be pretty good. I like their coach. I love their quarterback. Jalen Daniels is awesome. Uh, Lance Leipold runs a very very similar offense to uh, Tulane, kind of like your shotgun, triple spread, a lot of motion, a lot of movement, really good running back. Receivers are okay. Defense last year was a disaster. So how much better, if any, is the defense this year? And does Jalen Daniels make it to week 12? Yeah. Because he's he's six foot. I can't imagine he's more than 200 pounds. He runs. He's, you know, so where is he? And then the other thing is they play Texas Tech. And then because this is not like – this is the last game of the year, which is weird that you're not playing your biggest rival the last game of the year. They have the Kansas State game the week before. Yeah, that's interesting. So how much juice is spent there? You know, if they're trying to make a bowl game and they make, you know, they knock off Texas Tech to make the bowl game, is there a let, you know, I'm sure there's not going to be a letdown when you're playing your biggest rival, but like, what if the Kansas State game, they win that game and that gets them to six wins? Like, how much excitement are they going to have to come to UC on thanks the two days after Thanksgiving? So I think there's a lot in UC's favor in this game. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bearcats to win, finish the year six and six, and play in, uh, in, in you know, a significantly better bowl game at six and six than they would have going nine and three or ten and two in the America. I'm also going to take a win. I have been trying to find a way to talk myself into seven wins on this season. Well, you just and did. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> Congratulations. The swing game. No pressure. The swing game is Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one game we differed, right? I think we were in lockstep except for Oklahoma. I think so. So, yeah. Uh, seven and five and a really good bowl game. Seven and five in the Big Twelve. I, I get like, you like Florida, Texas, or Arizona, baby. Right, like you're you're enjoying your bowl trip <laughs> at seven and five. Goodbye, Annapolis. Hello, Tampa. 
<laughs> there was nothing more comfortable than uh, Fenway Bowl, baby. Than a, a you know December thirty first game in Annapolis, Birmingham. I mean, at least Birmingham, like there's like a Bucky's. <laughs> we we, we went to right? Annapolis. We took our daughter to DC, and she's like, "I don't want to do anything." <laughs> Great, awesome, fun day in DC. Like the most fun we had that day is we found a ping pong club, and we went downstairs and bought like a ping pong table for two hours, and Kelly and Kelsey played ping pong. That was our fun. That's exciting. Yeah. Like, I'll get a ping pong table for the house for the same price that we just paid to spend two hours here eating lunch (laughs) and playing ping pong. Son of a bitch. Um, All right. There we go. So I have seven and five. Dave has six and six. Do you agree? Disagree? Let us know. Either way, keep it to yourself. Don't let us know. Dave doesn't want to hear it. He's not interested in your opinion. (laughs) Are you more confident in this or the year you picked Cincinnati to go 12 and 0 and they went 4 and 8? No, they went 6 and 6 that year. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Somehow I'm more confident in this. I mean, shit, we got off uh, to a great start. They scored like 100 points against Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's uh, very excited. Watch some, some, hopefully some good football. I think there's, a, you know, I think, I think as the summer has gone on, we've talked about it, that, you know, not raising, not necessarily raising expectations. Like, what I've seen over the summer and especially over the last several weeks didn't make me go from like really change the number of wins. I mean, I've always been in the five. I've bumped it up one for me. I've always been in the five and seven, six and six range. I've never really been able to sell myself on seven wins, but I just have like a, a better overall feeling of the roster and, and ways that they can be successful and, some of these games are, you know, could possibly still result in losses, but be, you know, probably far more competitive than we, than we thought, uh, you know, four months ago. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I guess that brings us to, uh, I don't know. We got We got to talk about home field apparel. So we have to come up with one other segment, Dave. Okay. Um, hold on. There's a new, they sent out a new one. I got to pull up the new one. Home Fields Canvas kickoff is here to make sure you are ready for the 2023 football season in style. It begins 8-21 with exclusive long-awaited bomber jackets. We haven't seen Cincinnati yet. Maybe we do. Hopefully we do. Uh, they're, they're supporting a pretty cool thing today, which uh, we talked about was the Nebraska Volleyball Day. Uh, they're all in on that. Uh, so even if it's not UC, they're, they're pumping out some great stuff, some stuff that maybe you don't realize you wanted until uh, you see it live and you're like, oh, man, that's a, a shirt I need to get. But they do have an awesome Cincinnati collection, and you can get all of your uh, game day gear from Home Field Apparel. Just enter code BCJ23, and you get 15% off. 
on your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. We talk about it constantly. They have super soft, comfortable clothes. And as we get into the winter, the jogger, the hoodies, the quarter zip, the uh, the crew necks, the, like, they just have great, great gear to rep you see at the game. So uh, there you go. That is uh, Home Field Apparel, 15% off when you enter code BCJ23. That is also a timestamp brought to you by, there's so much. Like, I have to go back through this constantly. We just were, there's too many sponsors, Dave. Brought to you by Turtles Brew. Zero sugar, <laughs> zero carbs, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. 6% ABV. A portion of the proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles, and they are located in Cincinnati, Toledo, and expanding now in central Ohio. I do all these reads so that you guys could have Keegan. That's why I did this. I just want you to know. I'm here for you. We're a, we're a network of the people. Uh, Dave, anything else you got? I, I do think hopefully tomorrow I can nail down that final information on a potential official visitor for the 2024 class for basketball. Um, it is a big one, so I would be excited about that. Uh, if they can, you know, if everything falls into place, I know that's the hardest part about these official visit weeks and visit weeks is people think like, okay, well, these things are just planned well in advance. No, actually, it's usually going into Thursday and sometimes Friday to, <laughs> to figure out who's coming and who's not. Um, hopefully should have a list of football visitors uh, coming to you tomorrow the basketball potential official visitor and then uh some other unofficial visitors some younger guys uh that cincinnati is is maybe bringing in for basketball as well so i am tracking those things we just here's what people have to understand and bear with us you just want to be right like if you put a list out on tuesday and that list changes four times between tuesday and thursday and you're circling back, and well, not this guy, but this guy's added, and that, that, that it just it doesn't do any good for anybody. No, you just put it out one time when you feel like it's as accurate as it's going to be, and then right, you don't have to worry about so, it. So those things are being worked on. If you feel the need to ask me on a Monday or Tuesday what the visitor list for that week is going to be, I'm going to have the same answer every time. Get back to me on Thursday or Friday, and I'll let you know. White jerseys on Saturday, Matt. I don't know. They haven't released the uniforms. I assume so. It's but... a whiteout, so I would think white jerseys. I which I know. which I will not be participating in. But what do you what are you gonna have on red or black? Black. Okay. In the sun. It's gonna yeah. be 90 degrees. I wear black red. every game unless it's a red game. Because I don't okay. own a white t-shirt. Because I don't I mean, like I don't like them. Do you want? I can have Galati bring you a white T-shirt. No, I, I don't like them. Okay, you're anti-stormtrooper. <laughs> no, I like the uniforms very much, but okay, you I don't need to don't wear them. Wear it. Okay. <laughs> no, I got you. I feel you, Dave. I feel you. Yeah. Anything else you got? Any other? 
And what do you think about uh, potentially Stanford and Cal and SMU to the ACC? Sure. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. G Mac just goes shirtless. Yeah. N- nobody wants to see that. I, they would. He would get removed immediately. G Mac. Yeah. Are are you what what's the word on uh uh confetti cannons? Are we trying again this year? Or are you no, I don't I I don't think so because I got I got closed. I off. got you one time. Well, they got me halfway through last year, and now they have even they have even tighter security measures, I believe now. So yeah, but I guess, in place to keep you from bringing in a confetti cannon. I guess. And I'm not searching and buying confetti cannons trying to find out what they use to cover the this hole where all the confetti shoots out because I think it was the I think the foil is what ended up they must have they must have uh, messed yeah. with the right they must have messed it. with the dials on the machines because I was getting them in no problem and they must have turned up like how sensitive they are because then then I think the foil started uh, tripping tripping them. All right, that's fair. After a woman brought a gun into the Chicago White Sox stadium, oh, I think everyone's going to be tightening down their security. Well, did you hear how she smuggled that gun in? I, I did, and I'm not even trying to get. We're into not going to. I did as well. We're, we're not going to mention it. Just, just she please. shoot herself. She did. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah just, just Google well, that or tweet search that one. There's some places you can't ask a guy making twelve dollars an hour. Uh, patting people down to search. Right. It's just, yeah, that's, no. No, I'm not looking there. If that's where it is, I'm not looking. And it's not, it's spot. not, it's not where some of you, de- your demented heads went either. Right. You right. sickos. Get your heads out of the gutters. Dirty fucks. Oh. I'm still, I'm still not looking in the place that it was either. No. I'm not checking. That's no, not now, nah, fam. <laughs> All right, well, there is your season preview show extravaganza. Dave has the Bearcats six and six. I am the, as always, I am the optimistic one. I'm yeah. the glass half full guy. Mm-hmm. Seven and five. <laughs> For sure. Look, I just, I just think the talent level is better than was expected. I don't disagree. So I decided to find myself a way to get the seven and five. I don't care how they do it. Just make me look good. That's all I'm saying. I think six and six is probably the most likely. Like I didn't, I didn't really believe that Oklahoma <laughs> pick, but I, you gotta, sometimes you just have to put your faith in the magic of different stadium. Speak it into existence. Yeah. I'm speaking the Oklahoma win into existence that, that kind of stuns the college football world. Because everybody just looked at Cincinnati and said, oh, their time has passed. And they are at the bottom of the hill on their roller coaster ride that is the last 20 years. I don't believe it. I'm going seven and five. (laughs) I also have some belief in the fact that Scott Satterfield's first year at Louisville, they won nine games. Didn't they? 
They were all in on Satterfield after year one, remember? And then the South Carolina thing yeah, came then, out. Then after year two, he tried to get the South Carolina job. No, it was after year one. <laughs> oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. And then they, you know, they were riding high off nine wins. Like, man, this guy's pretty good. How about that? Maybe we dodged a bullet not hiring Jeff Brown. And then the you know, the bottom fell out after that. But he did win nine his first year at Louisville. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with his ability to uh rally the troops in year one. And I'm gonna go seven. I'm I'm looking forward to watching him uh how he coaches as well because he's a very he's a very like laid back and seems like a very like easygoing guy. But I've noticed in some of the some of the stuff I've seen with Louisville, especially last year, like game day though, like on the sideline, he gets after it. He's he's been pretty intense. I've seen him get after it and practice some. So like he normally is pretty reserved, but if there's something going on that that you know has him fired up, he does not hold back from from no. getting fired up. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. What time are you getting there? You think noonish? Um, I think I'll be there a little bit before that. I think I'll go I, I, I might be having to cut it close. I don't know who's going to come over and let out my dogs at some point in time during the day. Where's, your, just, kid, where's your kid going to be? I, she, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> just tell her to stay home. She's 13. You think I'm going to leave her home alone for like eight hours, nine hours? House will be burned down, Dave. Okay. I, I I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not. Have her have some friends come over then. Oh yeah, have a party <laughs> while Dan's gone. Yeah, yeah, great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's gonna wrap it up. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. That is the season preview show. We'll see you next week as we wrap up. Put a bow on ECU or EKU. I think I said that a couple times. <laughs> Put a bow on EKU and uh, get ready for the trip to Pittsburgh. Thanks to the Holy Grail. Thanks to uh, Team Ticker, Turtles Brew, Home Field Apparel. We'll see you next time right here on BearcatJournal.com. <laughs>